If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am super excited to be joined today by social media manager and content creator at Overtime, Maya Reese. Maya shares her keys to creating a successful social media brand, her journey to a sports Emmy, networking horizontally, and so much more. It's a great episode, so make sure you're subscribed, rate, review, and enjoy. Maya, thank you so much for joining me today for Get My Job. I have been so excited to talk to you. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm ready. Let's get it. Absolutely. Well, I'm just going to have you jump right in and start by taking us through your professional journey that has gotten you to where you are today. Sure. Okay. I would say my professional journey, honestly, this is going to sound crazy, but it started in high school. Okay. At a very young age, I kind of knew exactly what I wanted to do. So my first real internship and my first like three jobs were in high school. I interned at our local Fox station. I wrote for, I was a theater critic for a local theater. And then I wrote for the Chicago Tribune's high school department. Okay. So that definitely helped kind of set me up. So that way, once I got to college, I interned every single semester of college, like the nerd that I am. So when I I went to Howard, so I was in DC and I tried to just touch every different media outlet that they had. Mm -hmm. So I worked at the Fox there. I was at NBC. I was at NBC Sports. I was at ABC. I was at Complex. Like I just tried to go all across the different niches. So politics, entertainment, sports, and then like daily news, local news. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I graduated college, I became a local TV news reporter for a NBC affiliate station in Wisconsin. That was crazy because I'm from Chicago, which is a big city. So being in that little town was super new, super different. Um, and then I... After being a TV news reporter, I worked the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Okay. And that was a different experience in itself that's insane to talk about. Um, But from working that Olympics, I won a sports Emmy. And then from there, I made my way over to overtime. And that's where I am now. Will you expand upon why the Tokyo Olympics is a crazy experience to talk about? I mean, I I can guess, but I would love for you to expand upon it for our listeners. Yeah, of course. So I worked the 2020 Tokyo Olympics in 2021 because COVID had it postponed a year. 
And so it, I worked with NBC Sports, which is the only company that has the video rights for the Olympics. Uh-huh. So being able to do that, it was just crazy because Tokyo is like maybe 12, like it's like 9, 10, 11 or 12 hours ahead. So our nighttime is their normal daytime. Okay. But since it was COVID, I stayed at home. So I was working from home, but everything that I'm working on is next day already. My shift was from like, 8 p.m. at night until 8 in the morning. So it was the overnight shift. And because it was the Summer Olympics, it's not just the main sports that we know. It's every single sport that you've never heard of. Mm -hmm. So I had to work handball and judo and synchronized swimming, like three-on-three basketball. They had just added surfing that year. It was just a bunch of sports that I super was not familiar with. But they gave us kind of like a sports Bible or a sports dictionary. So you can go and look at your specific sport and then from there find everything that you need. So I was working overnights doing sports I had never heard of every single day for maybe three weeks to a month. And it was wild. It was really, really, really fun. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. That's, I'm sure it was wild and fun. And how do you think that helped you just in terms of now you are proficient in all of these sports? I mean, you don't find a lot of handball experts in the industry. So how has that kind of helped you, even though those aren't sports you're covering now, has it helped you in terms of being able to quickly pick up on things when you need to? Yeah, I think it definitely just showed me that you don't have to be an expert at everything uh-huh. to be able to work in sports. So I don't ha- I don't have to say, oh, well, I've played football for 30 years and I worked 10 Super Bowls to be able to go and work at, you know, like Bleacher Report football or something. So it just showed how quickly you I can adapt. And so I think now moving forward, there's no job where I feel like, oh, I'm nervous to apply or to get there because we all have these sorts of transferable skills. And I think at the time I didn't even notice how many I had, but Mm -hmm. realistically it just kind of showed that in sports, but even in life in general, all you need is just to be passionate about it, willing to do it. And then just to have that lending hand take five minutes and say, you know what? Hey, this is handball. Here's a couple of top athletes. Here's some storylines and then just go. And realistically, you can just go from there and make it work. And who who was your lending hand there? And how important is that to find that person in each position that you have? So when I worked there, one of the people who were my boss, it was this woman, Tess. And Tess was my boss when I interned at NBC Sports headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. And so... Tess really helped me a lot just because when I when I interned there, I was the only girl intern. The rest of the guy, the rest of the people in my department were guys. And then I was one of two black people. So I think Tess kind of saw she was a white woman, but she still saw like, okay, Maya might feel isolated, you know, or she might feel like she's a minority here since I was like a double minority. So she would just check in like, hey, good morning. Is everything good? Like, do you need to talk about anything like 
anything, anything, you know, just to let me know that she was there for if I ever had anything pop up. So once I applied for the Olympics, I didn't even know that she was going to be working there. And then on the first day, I saw Tess on the Zoom and I was like, oh, my God, Tess is here. You know, <laughs> so that instantly kind of made me let my guard down and just open up and know that I can do everything else that these other people who have worked this is their sixth Olympics. This is my first one. All right. So then you move to overtime sports. You are a social media manager and content creator. And even though I think I know what that means, our listeners, you know, know what that means. We're going to do your day in the life a little later in the podcast. But kind of what what exactly does a social media manager and content creator do? Because I think that's something that we think we know, but could use some specifics on. Yeah, for sure. So at overtime, I run our women's vertical. Hmm. So if, if you go to Overtime WBB, the Overtime Women's Basketball, uh-huh. that's my platform that I run. So I run our women's Instagram and then the women's page, the, their TikTok. And then for the general Overtime company, I run the Overtime Facebook, the Overtime Arena Facebook. And then as a content creator, I, I have a podcast. So okay. essentially a social media manager It's just you're in charge of running either one, two, sometimes five Mm -hmm. different pages, curating content, creating content, just that entire page. You wake up and that's the first thing on your mind. And then for me, the content creator part essentially is I'll wake up and I'll be like, okay, what are some things that's trending right now? And then how can I create some sort of content to help this page stay up to date in the real world, basically? So let's talk a little bit about trending, because I think that's something in in our world today that is such a big part of social media, such a big part of content creation, obviously. But Mm -hmm. things can be trending one day and then the next day something else entirely is trending or something could be trending on one vertical. Like I know that we have this, you know, with my social media manager, with with Bailey, who works for me, she'll say, you know, this is trending on TikTok, but it hasn't quite made it to Instagram. How do you find the trends that work for you? And sometimes say, okay, you know what? This trend doesn't really make sense for us. And even if it might get a lot of views, it doesn't really fit with with the content that we normally do. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of that is just knowing the tone and the voice of your page or your company. And that takes kind of, it kind of takes a couple of months to be able to fully understand. So for instance, I work at Overtime. Our audience is not the same as an ESPN audience or a Bleacher Report audience. Even though they're all big sports pages, each company sort of knows what their demographic is and who they're aiming to hit. So at Overtime, we're we're talking to the 15-year-olds. We're talking to the high school kids and mm-hmm. then the other people who have kind of worked their way up and are, are older now but have been following us since high school because we start to cover people when they're in high school, when they're playing AAU. Uh So I would say for me on like a daily basis, I kind of have to put my mindset as like, okay, what would 16-year-old Maya care about? What would Uh 14-year-old Maya care about? Thinking about the younger version of myself because I'm trying to reach the younger audience. So there might be an insane story that happens in the WNBA, but if that same day another story happened with, you know, a high school athlete from... Atlanta, I have to choose the high school athlete from Atlanta because I know that other high school players are watching this and they're going to see that and be like, oh my God, this is crazy. This could have happened to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like trying to have that sort of executive judgment to know who it is that I'm talking to. I can still try to get to the WNBA story later because all women's sports are important, but you really have to know the tone, 
and who it is that you're trying to to push this message to. And is that a little bit of trial and error or is that just come with experience? Um, that's a good question. I think part of it is trial and error just because you might find a story and you're like, man, this is going to crush. And then I post it and then literally no one cares. But it's like, oh, well, you know, 15 year old me might have cared. But that doesn't mean that the people nowadays are going to care just because times are also changing often. Uh So it's definitely trial and error. Um, but with that, you can't di- you can't really get discouraged because you might have something today you post and you're like, man, that only got 300 likes. But then you just keep going and you post something tomorrow. And you're like, man, that got three million likes. Mm-hmm. It's really random. And the way social media works, you never know what's going to go viral, what's going to pop off. Because the same story that I post at 10 a.m., if I post it at 8 p.m., that might go viral. You know, like sometimes it's not even the topic. It's just the time of the day you happen to post or you posted it on a Sunday while people were getting ready for school and ready for the week versus if you would have posted it on Friday, the week is over and now everyone's on their phone. Like sometimes social media is just really random, which is a good thing, but also a bad thing. So it's kind of bittersweet. And the other thing with social media that is so interesting is that sometimes you post something, it doesn't do great relatively. And then two days later, it's now all all these likes are coming in and there's all this engagement. And you're like, what happened in these two days? And, and I struggle with that sometimes too, where I'm like, well, maybe I should take this down and I'll play around with it. Sometimes I'll take it down and maybe try it because there, there is a little bit of trial and error to social media. So maybe I take it down. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to repost this in a few hours and just kind of see how it does. Is it the content? Is it the time? Or is it just random? But other times you just leave it and then it can just, as you said, like pop off two days later, which is Mm -hmm. so bizarre and I don't understand it. Yeah, no, it's it's super random. And that's why if I'm going to look through the content that I've posted, I'll wait one week just to give it like a seven day living span Okay, and still go back maybe another week or two weeks later or probably at the end of the month and see what was the top performing post because social media our timelines aren't chronological anymore so I can be scrolling right now and see something from four days ago and be like oh my god that is so cool you know or I might see something that was posted four seconds ago it's super random so that's why you can't really focus too much on the numbers until later because you never know (laughs) correct and the algorithm could be changing and and it's like it's so many things so I think that's an important thing too. And I think that's true personally. And when you are working for a brand, because social media inherently makes us care about likes and engagement. And sometimes you have to put that aside because a lot of that stuff can be out of your control, no matter what you post and when you post it. Literally. I want to go back a little bit because you talked about Tess, who is obviously very important to you when you were interning and then you were working at the Olympics. And Mm -hmm. want to talk a little bit about tips that you have for building relationships in the industry, because as you go on, things like that will happen where you'll run into somebody that you worked with five years ago, six months ago, didn't mm-hmm. know they were coming in. And you want to obviously leave a good impression and have people you know, think of you in a positive manner as much as you can. Yeah, for sure. I've noticed that I would say with women in sports, it's a very strong group of women that all know each other. They all have, oh, well, I, I interned with her. 10 years ago, or yeah, she, she she was at my last job. I met her at this event in New York, or I met her at this basketball game. Everyone somehow randomly knows each other, which I love because if there's someone that I see like, oh, she works at this company or they're going to be at this event, I would love to con- contact them. 
someone that I know is like, oh, well, you know, I met her years ago when I follow her on social media. Here's her info. So it's that's the best part is that it's definitely possible to access almost anyone, no matter how high up they are, or high profile they are. I would say the biggest thing for me in reference to networking is to try to network horizontally. I think when a lot of people think of networking, you think of, oh, I got to go up the chart and talk to this president and stay in contact with this CEO. But you also need to pay attention to the people that are your age and that are working at the same company as you at the same position or even lower than you, lower positions, because we are the next wave of women in sports. We are the the future generation. So Mm -hmm. I would say my biggest thing is to focus on the people who are at the same space as you um, in those same spaces, because you never know where you'll be, like you said, in a couple of years from now. And then you need them one day or you can you want to talk to them one day. I've never heard anyone say it like that network horizontally. And that's so true and so important. And you want to leave a good impression with your coworkers, uh, not just the ones above you, but the ones like you said, maybe in positions that aren't as high up yet or in the same positions you are. That's such a great way to put that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I really never heard. It. I've never heard anybody say it like that, and I I love that. I I wrote it down, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use it and attribute it to you. Uh, what is a misstep that you see with women trying to break into the industry? Because you've had a number of positions starting at a very young age, and I'm wondering if there are any things that you've seen over the years that made you think, okay, I, that's not something I want to do. That's a really good question. Also, kind of tough, but. The one thing I would say that initially comes to mind is just a lot of sometimes we kind of doubt ourselves uh-huh. and think that, oh, well, you know, I'm 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 one of two women here, so I'm nervous. I'm not going to raise my hand in this meeting or I, I might think this or have a certain idea, but I'm going to run it past my male coworker first to see what they think about it. Uh-huh. I think when you're in this room and you're the minority Some women sort of take that as like a negative thing. But from my perspective, that's a good thing because it shows like, hey, I'm qualified to be here. You know, I'm at this same table. We're in this same room as everyone else. So my ideas are just as valued, if not valued more, because they need that women's perspective. They need to hear what what a woman's point of view is and how well, no, if we market it this way, you know, a woman's not going to care about it. But if you say this, you know, this can make it for everyone and make it more open for more people. So I think some women just sort of think that, oh, well, I'm a woman. I've actually never wrestled before. So Mm -hmm. in this wrestling space, I don't fit. But that doesn't necessarily matter because those men, they might not have wrestled before either. You know, they just because they're a man, it doesn't mean that they know more about sports or that their opinion matters more. And that's, it's just hard because sometimes you kind of get imposter syndrome, I would say. And I think that can happen to everyone, but I I do think as women, we do suffer from that sometimes more than men. And it made me think for some reason, what you just said made me think of, you know, the joke and the memes of like, oh, you're a sports fan, then name the entire starting offensive lineman for the Chicago Bears (laughs) in 1984, that no one says, to a man. So kind of made me, made me think of that. And I think most male sports fans could not name the starting offensive lineman for their unit for the Chicago bears in 1984. If you could give our listeners one piece of advice for starting a career in your field, what would it be? I would say to just go for it for sure. Just go for it. I think sometimes we might look at the job listing and say, oh, well, you know, it, I need these 10 requirements. I don't have all 10. I only have eight. 
and then kind of deter away from it. I don't think that's that's not smart. I feel like you might as well just go for it. The worst thing they can do is say no. But I feel like the market that we live in now, we all might as well just go for the job that you're interested in. Don't worry about if it's a sport that you've never covered or if it's a team that you're not super familiar with. As long as you have those transferable skills, like I was saying before, they really do matter. So if you're interested in working in social media or if you're interested in working in journalism, it shouldn't matter if, oh, I've only done political journalism. You still have those exact same skills that a sports journalist would have. You just have different links. You know, it was just a different niche. So I would say not to be nervous about the knowledge on a specific topic, but just more so if you're passionate, if you think it's a good fit. Just go for it and then you can get in there and crush the interview. And then now you're hired and then now you're working at your favorite company. That is very true. And you said something that I think is worth just diving into another minute. The worst they can say is no. And I think as as a society, as a world, we're all so afraid. And I and I say we're all because I definitely suffer from this too of someone saying no or quote unquote rejection. But at the end of the day, they say no, not necessarily a reflection on you. It's not necessarily personal. It is what it is and and you keep it moving. And if they say no to the job, well, two days ago, you didn't even know the job existed. So you'll you'll be fine. And (laughs) I think that's an important thing for us to remember. And that's true of, of all kinds of things in life, but specifically to what we're talking about, you're better off going for it because you just never know. But if they also say no, it's, it might not necessarily be a, a permanent no. It could be yeah. not right now. So I've applied yeah. to maybe 50 uh, internships before thinking like, oh yeah, I can go here, 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 here. Got none of them, but then applied the very next semester. And then now I have 10 interviews, you know? So mm-hmm. it could just be that at this specific time when I applied, my resume wasn't as good as someone else's resume. But next semester, if I crank it up, if I work harder, now my resume is at the top of the list and I'm their top candidate. So a no is not always a no. It could just be not at not this semester or not at this, not this season, but the next season you can go and kill it. And also it could be not this position, but in six months, another position opens up. You've made a good impression. You you went for it and they call you for something else. So you just, you're just putting yourself out there. It's so hard, especially in this industry, but it's so important for growth. Exactly. How have you seen opportunities change and go grow for women in the industry and where can we still improve? Man, right now, this literally is the perfect time to join women's sports. I just feel like every day there's a new story. Mm-hmm. Every day there's something new about NIL deals or women's basketball or this new league that's being created or the World Cup. Like the women's college championship had almost 10 million viewers. Mm-hmm. It had more then the men's game, that's not normal, you know, but mm-hmm. it, it's becoming normal. It's becoming normalized. So right now, women's sports is growing every single day. It's growing crazy. And so that to me is the most exciting part because I work in women's sports. I've covered men's sports before, obviously, but for this this time right now, it's fun just because there's always something new. There's always a new job. There's always a new woman who is a gymnast, you know, or a cheerleader, like, Every single sport is starting to get more coverage. Every team is getting more coverage. Every league. Now it's not just the WNBA. There are other professional leagues in America getting coverage. So it's just fun and it's exciting. And that's why for me, that's why I I knew I had to get on this podcast because people need to know like right now is the time to dive in. It doesn't matter if you've never covered women's sports before. 
this is the time to just learn, just start that podcast, you know, start that social media page, go apply to these jobs because this is the time, seriously. And and in talking about that and what we were talking about right before, Maya reached out to me. I mean, you know, get my job, guys, is is for everybody to learn about all of these positions in sports for women, for young people getting into the industry. And I want to highlight that. And Maya reached out on social media and emailed me and said, this is what I do. I would love to be a guest on your podcast. And it was, of course, a no-brainer. I was very <laughs> excited to have you on. But that's a great example of just going for it. What's the absolute worst that can happen? And I was so excited that you did reach out. And it's I just love talking to you today because... It has been amazing. And I have a I have a feeling that down the road, I'm going to be like, yeah, Maya Reese was on my podcast and <laughs> it's a very big deal. Uh, so I'm very, I'm very excited about that. So kind of with that in mind, I know I mentioned earlier we were going to talk about this. Can you take us through a day in your life? Because I'd love for our listeners to kind of hear a little bit about the nitty gritty of what your responsibilities look like day to day. Yeah, of course. So day in my life, I would get up, once work starts, I hit the ground running. So I'm going to go online and see, just scroll through TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, and just see if there's an immediate thing that catches my eye or if there's anything that stands out in mm -hmm. women's sports. Because right now I work for the women's page. So I'll just go try to see if there are any storylines that pop out. And then since I am in charge of running the women's Instagram and TikTok page, I'm going to go on and try to curate some sort of content. So I love to just scroll and find a funny video, whether it's like a girl's playing basketball and then she trips and falls and it's like, man, that's so relatable. Mm -hmm. Or if she's complaining about a bad call from a ref or just talking about how much she loves her teammates, just something that other women athletes would see and relate to. I'll try to find that, um, grab that, you know, get a caption, get everything together, post that online. And then I'm going to go through our different clips that we filmed ourselves. So we like to go to different AAU tournaments across the country okay. or big games and film those players. So I'll go through there and see if there are any clips of some of the top athletes everywhere. So we, we like to typically get like the number one player in each state and then in each class, so like 2022, 2023, 2024, et cetera. So I'll go through the game clips from the weekend and see like, oh, well, this girl, she dropped 30 points. I got to post about that. Or this girl, she didn't have that many points, but she had a million assists and she was making crazy plays out there, really affecting the team. Just try to find some good clips to post from the weekend. And then I'll make a mixtape of them and then ask them like, hey, do you want to collab on that? That's something I've been doing as of recently, just because I can post it to 700,000 people, but I think it's even cooler when I can post it and then collaborate with their page. So uh -huh. then now I'm pushing our viewers, our followers to their page to check them out and look, check them out, maybe give them a follow on social media. And then all their friends are like, oh my God, like you're, you're on overtime. Uh -huh. So <laughs> I try to collab with them and then I'll go and see if there's a trending news topic. So if there's a new deal that Angel Reese just did and now like out of nowhere, she became the one of the highest paid athletes and she has the most NIL deals of any athlete, male or female. Mm -hmm. So I'll go and then I'll write up a script about that. And then depending on if I'm in New York, I'll hop in the studio and then record. Or if I'm at home, I'll just record in like my closet or something. <laughs> uh, but I'll make a video about that. 
and try to get that up as soon as possible, make the caption and everything work with an editor or edit it myself to get it done as soon as possible. And then if I am in New York, sometimes I like to sit down and interview athletes. So I'll reach out to them on social media, like, hey, we would love if you can stop by, we can give you an office tour and then we can just hop on my pod. So then I'll just draft up some questions. I like to have way too many. So I'll just have like, here's 50 questions and we only have like 15 minutes, but I would like to have more questions than not. Yeah. So I'll draft a bunch of questions and then interview someone and then have to go and get another post up, get another post up. Cause I have to post a million bajillion times a day. And then I also, as of recently, I've been going on trips, which is really fun. Okay. So a month ago, I went to New Orleans for Flage. She had just, it was the weekend after she won the Women's National Basketball Championship. She was performing at a festival because she's a rapper. Okay. So I flew out to New Orleans and got to talk to her there and then get some cool clips right in the front of her performing. And so I was on Instagram live. So that way our followers could feel like they were there. And then I recorded some different clips so that I could post later as well. And then the next day I had to fly out because a WBA player was having a camp. So then it's like, okay, now I'm flying out again to another place to get clips up. So essentially my days vary every single day because you never know if someone's going to be like, Hey, do you want to come to this city to film? Or I might have to go to Atlanta to like the overtime arena since we do have a professional league. I'll go down there to work with some of those athletes. So essentially the day is always changing, but some of the consistent things is always having to find new content, um, always having to create new content. And even I'll go through our DMs and my DMs and just see because a lot of people will send videos like, hey, here's this ankle breaker that I did this past weekend or I had this upcoming game. Can you guys pull up? So I'll just go through our DMs and try to find a new athlete that we're not covering or a new person where it's like, oh, she just did this crazy thing. We got to talk about it. Trying to highlight different women because we shouldn't cover the same 20 girls all the time. But yeah, that's that's a lot of stuff I said. But that's and that's a big that's a big day. And it's a lot. And it's a lot, a lot that you do. And it makes me think in terms of social media, in terms of turning it off. And I think that's one of the hardest things. It's a social media manager is you're on social all day and all these responsibilities. When it comes to your personal, do you like to turn it off? Do you still like to post? And kind of how do you balance being able to say, okay, I'm done for the day. I'm putting my phone away and I'm going to focus on me. Yeah, before I fully worked in social media, I used to love it. I used to be on Instagram all the time. I used to post like once or twice a week. I loved, loved, loved it. But now since it's my actual job to do it, I don't really post as much or I'm not I'm not in my DMs like laughing and joking with my friends because I'm in my DMs, like I said, looking for new stuff to cover. So I definitely treat social media entirely different now, um, which is kind of crazy because I used to love social media. I still love it, but I love it for work, not for me. So if I'm not working I like to unplug. I like to have my phone on do not disturb and just be in the real world. Like I like to go and talk to my friends in person. I'm not really the person who DMs. And I had to tell my friends that a long time ago, like, hey, guys, I have 500 unread messages. So I apologize if you're one of them. It's not personal. I just don't have the energy for it because social media can be draining. And it's not healthy to be on social media 24 seven because it really will start to affect your mindset. It, it will. And that's, I'm glad that you said that because I think it really will. And no matter what we do to try to combat that and say, 
okay, I know this isn't necessarily a reality or I don't want to compare. Or it, it really can't affect your mindset. So I do think it's so important personally to be able to take those breaks. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been super fun, Maya. I've loved, loved, loved talking to you. And I'm so excited to see where your career takes you. Uh, but before you go, we of course have to do five fun facts, uh, which is speaking of content creation, something I started with the 49ers players that we do on video and they share things about themselves that you wouldn't otherwise know. But on this podcast every week, we ask everybody the same five questions. And it's been great because we get such different answers from these same questions. So if you are ready, we will do five fun facts with Maya Reese. I'm ready. Let's go. What is your favorite moment in sports? Oh, that's a good question. For me, okay, my favorite moment, I was born in 1997 in Chicago. So it has to be the Michael Jordan flu game. Ah, To me, that that's just crazy for the, the world of sports. But I think it just has a deeper meaning because it just shows like, at the end of the day, we all go through a lot of stuff. There's a lot going on, but sometimes you still got to show up. You got to perform and you have to go after your dreams. So kind of biased because I'm a 97 baby, but the stuff mm-hmm. Michael Jordan did that day, I feel like that's never been done again in history and probably won't. So that's my answer. That is that is a good one. What is your life motto? My life motto would be, okay, so... It would be the caption that I use for my picture when I won my Emmy, because I, I say it all the time. But it would be, best part about staying in your lane is there's no traffic. Oh, I like that. <laughs> we're, we're always on social media or looking at other people, seeing, oh, this person got this job, this person's doing this, you, you're on LinkedIn, all that. So I always say, like, the best part of staying in your lane is there's no traffic. It's for you so you can go and do what you're meant to do. You just got to stay focused and have tunnel vision. That is fantastic. I love that. I'm going to write that down and and put that up in my (laughs) house. That is fantastic. What is your go-to workout? I love hot yoga. And then if not, if not that, probably Zumba because it's just so fun. And workouts should be fun. That's great. Uh, Do you drink coffee and do you have a go-to coffee order? I'm not a coffee person, but as of lately, I saw this coffee on TikTok. So it's from Starbucks. It's iced coffee with the traditional sugar in it. And then three pumps of mocha, three pumps of brown sugar, and then the vanilla sweet cream cold foam. Oh, wow. It's it's a very specific TikTok drink, but it doesn't taste like coffee. It's just really sweet. It's really good. And then you'll be bouncing off the walls in the best <laughs> way. <laughs> what is a book every woman should read? Ooh, that's a good question. I would say... This book called Outliers, okay. it, it changed my life. I read it when I was young, though, maybe like 15. Okay. But the premise of the book is just showing that when people are successful, it always happens for a reason. So it's not by luck. It's because you have to put in, they say, 10,000 hours to achieve the goal that you're hoping for. And so at the beginning, it talks about how a lot of professional athletes, they they have birthdays that are after the cutoff for their grade. So they're a little bit older than the other people in their grade, which is why it looks like they're better because you're 15 playing with 14 year olds and they've been getting in more hours because they're a little bit older. So they have put in work a little bit longer. So then now you see LeBron, you're like, oh my God, he's crazy athletic, but he's also eight months older. And during those eight months, he was training. So it just, it does a deep dive just showing 
how different people are successful, but it's not by luck. It's because they worked their butts off and then it just made sense for them to become successful. It's the logic behind success. Oh, that sounds interesting. I'm going to check that out. That sounds it's really good. good. Well, Maya, thank you so much for joining us. Tell everybody, I know we just talked about you taking a break from social, but tell everybody <laughs> where they can find you on social media. Yes, of course. So you can just go on Instagram and TikTok. It's Overtime Maya with two A's in the Maya at the end because someone stole my name. So it's Overtime Maya with an A at the end. And then on Twitter, it's Maya McColl. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions about sports or overtime or if you just want me to post your crazy highlights because I, I do look at my DMs. I'll check it out. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And if you guys like what you heard, which I know you did, please give us <laughs> a five-star rating and a super positive review. You can follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. You can follow me on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.